Uh, you may take uh, out your Bibles and go to Matthew 28. It's a new day. No, it's not a new day. But it's a day where we're going to, Lord willing, if I make it through, we'll finish Matthew. It's been a good journey. I, well, I hope you think it has been a good journey. For me, it's been great. Learn more about Jesus, how Matthew writes to encourage us in who Jesus is. Uh, but I always feel a little bit, it's my personality, because now I have to do something new. Like I always feel a little bit like, ah, shouldn't we just keep doing Matthew? But we've come to the end. <laughs> we've come to the end of the book. So what do we do next? Well, figure it out tomorrow. Um, yes, yes. Uh, but uh, kind of, oh, so I'll, I'll go to the, I call it uh, worship or doubt. And go. Uh, last week, uh, when Greg was here, and he was talking about how the women responded to Jesus. They worshipped him. And then he told them to go. Uh, we'll see something uh, like that today also, uh, but also a little bit different. Um, because uh, Greg skipped the last part. He might have had massive jet lag, so he didn't talk about the guards. So we're first going to meet the guards and what happened to them after the angel uh, descended. And uh, what, yeah, what do you do when an angel descends and... and and Jesus is risen, and he's not in the grave. So that's what we're going to read about, and then we will talk about how the, the women told last week the disciples to go to a specific place, and there they would meet Jesus. Oh, we'll see what happens there. So we will read from 11 through the end of the whole book. Uh, so they are the women. Um, so while they were going, behold, some of the God went into the city and told the high priest all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, tell people his disciples came by night, stole him away while they were asleep. And if it comes to the governor's ears, we'll satisfy him to keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has spread among the Jews to this day. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and and Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we meet some different people in this story. Um, we meet, so the women are going to tell the disciples what had happened. And at the same time, the, the some, of God, some of the guards, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are the other people doing? <laughs> what are the other guards doing? Are they, did they go home? Are they still shocked by the angel? 
doesn't matter what they were doing. But I, some of the guards go to the chief, chief priest, um, and after much rejoicing and a worshipful time, they convene this council because they want to worship Jesus as Lord. No, they don't. Uh, although that's what they promised to do when he was on the cross. They promised, we will believe in you if you come down. Well, Jesus did it better. He didn't come down, but he came out of the grave. But as I told that time, they were not going to believe if he came down from the cross. So they're not going to believe after he came out of the grave either. So instead, the council convenes again. And they come up with a very smart scheme, at least they think. But the problem is that these schemes are not that great, and there's plenty of holes in this scheme. But what they do come up with, and maybe they should have had a better group and some people with better ideas, but what they come up with is, okay, first of all, what is it going to take for these soldiers to be quiet? Money. Everyone loves money, at least Judas did, and other people. And today, just give them a bunch of money. They'll tell a story and tell a lie. This is not without risk, though. Um, but they say, okay, I don't know if they have any bargaining. We want this much, then we'll be quiet. We want a little more, then we'll spread the lie. I don't know. But they have a, they have a time where they convene the council, chief priests of the elders, and they come up with a sufficient sum of money, which would seem like a, a lot of money. Because remember, if, <laughs> if this lie is found to be true, the soldiers are going to get punished because they didn't do their job. Um, but they promise, oh, no, 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 no. We, we will not let that happen. We will just uh, talk to to uh, Pilate too, and then maybe give him some money too, because then we can make the, all this go away. But if you're one of the gods and you've seen this happen, is that really what you're gonna do? But we don't know. Like it just it just seems a seems a little bit uh, on the strange side. And I think I have some slides there. Yeah. So this guy, I think, or this commentator, think that then in forty, in forty-one, fifty-one, this lie has been so prevalent that that now it's uh, you get punished to death if you if you steal a body. So this is a this is at least this person's comment. But actually, I want the last part of it. Um, several aspects of the soldiers' story makes no sense. If the soldiers were asleep, they could not have known it was Jesus' disciples who removed the body. Furthermore, it's extremely unlikely that all the soldiers would have slept at the same time. Finally, the soldiers were severely punished or even executed for sleeping on duty. So this is a very, we've seen it before with the argumentations from the Pharisees and the scribes. If you think deeply about it, it's not a very convincing lie. It's actually full of holes. And so, but did, did maybe this is the best time. They pressed, I mean, they pressed the time. 
they have to come up with something, but it's not very convincing. Uh, and actually, it doesn't hold up logical sense, just like this says, if they were all asleep, then they didn't know who would do it. We also know that disciples are afraid, even if, as Jesus leaves, they're afraid. We read in the other Gospels that they're afraid in hiding on Pentecost. So the <laughs> disciples aren't going to steal anyone. And they don't believe he's going to rise before he does. The only one who is afraid that Jesus is going to rise is, is the council themselves because they were the one that posted the guard. Maybe that's actually why some of them also later gets convinced that Jesus is who he says he is. Because their lies and their scheming doesn't hold up to logic. Now, Matthew writes that in his time, this lie is very much still alive. And some of the, Ju some of the Ju Jews aren't believing because, because, uh, because of this lie. But just as I said, it's not a very good lie uh, because it has so many fallacies. It's not very convincing either. So they don't seem to have the same fear and worship as the ladies had at the tomb. But I was thinking again, what about the soldiers? They must have experienced so much fear as the angel comes down. They're frozen. The, empty to it's empty, the tomb's empty. They could still be punished. They could still be punished as they took the money. Does the council fear? What's going to happen now that Jesus has risen? What's he going to do to the leaders that killed him? But it's great news because Jesus kept his promise. <coughs> and as the angel proclaimed, he rose again. Just like he said he would. <coughs> but their ears and hearts had been so hard the disciples, but now it was they were really they were about to listen. But what about somebody commenters or was like, but <laughs> but this this lie is still taught in universities today. <coughs> that Jesus didn't rise, but somebody took his body. So so what are we going to do with Jesus' resurrection? Are we going to believe that he is the Lord God and Savior? Or will we believe the lies and spread the lies? A Jew Jewish council, as we also see in Acts, is not going to believe, or they are going to believe, maybe, but they will determine do whatever they can to kill the followers and persecute the followers of Jesus. They want this thing to stop. But how do you stop a person that rose from the dead? Um, so what about people today when we say that Jesus rises from the dead? 
it's still a problem for most people because if he does that, then everything he said is probably true. And if you don't want to follow Jesus, it, becomes, it becomes hard to accept that he would predict his resurrection and his death. But what about us? This is what we've been talking about today. If we're talking about us, if we're looking to Jesus, we've gone through Matthew, we've seen his teaching, we've seen how he lives out his teaching, does his resurrection cause us to worship and fear the Lord? Fear the Lord in a good way? Fear the Lord that we know it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance? Or does it cause other people or us to reject Jesus or to make up lies, spread false news about Jesus? Matthew wrote so long ago but still, some people still believe the same. Like Jews, Muslims, all believe something about Jesus. They won't believe that he died and rose again. And it's kind of interesting because even the early ancient sources, they, they hint, hint at Jesus. There's something particular, special about him. Livy and other other sources that are ex they're not so close to three four hundred later than Jesus, but they they as as they research to like there's something about this Jesus he was perceived to be God. And these are non-believers that believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But then we go to the second part of the story where. We have the 11 disciples now a little more awake because they, they <laughs> I don't know, awake, but they, they take the journey to Galilee and they're like, hey, we're going to see Jesus. And as many commentators point out, they drop all the other stories about Jesus being there, meeting Paul, talking about in Corinthians that 500 people see Jesus at one time. They don't talk about the people at the Emmaus Road. They don't talk about Thomas doubting. All those stories are not here. He could say, My, I don't know if Matthew needs to finish his book. No, no, but, but he is, he focuses on these two things. He says, okay, so then now the disciples are walking towards Jesus. Oh, oh this is such a good, good quote. So just back up, we'll back up. Just back up a little bit before the disciples. So Matthew Henry, he's an old guy. Uh, commentator, he he talks about this great argument that Jesus is the Son of God. That is his resurrection. And it's more convincing proof of the truth than these soldiers. The soldiers are eyewitnesses. But instead of spreading that good news, they take bribes and hinder other people to believe. The plainest evidence will not affect men without the work of the Holy Spirit. So I think what he's saying in the old way is that it does not matter how much you convince your friends with logic that Jesus is who he is. The Holy Spirit has to ignite their hearts or they will not believe. These people saw it with their own eyes, the soldiers. They saw the angel. They saw the tomb empty. And they're like, well, 
I think I'll take the cash <laughs> and move on. And they're like, oh, that's not a very good encouragement. Well, wait, because now we go to the disciples, and then we'll get our encouragement. Because here we go. They go to the, where Jesus has said they should, and they see him, and they worshiped him, and they had a great time. All of them were so convinced about who Jesus was, and they you know, brought out the harps and the lyres, and they played great music. Not exactly. But they did. They worshiped him, but some doubted. Christian was still missing the encouragement. Yes, it will come afterwards, but we have to just stop here a little bit. Because they are, they come, they see the risen Jesus, they worship him. But there's some who doubt. He'd be like, I would never doubt if I saw the risen Jesus. I would always believe. I would, you know, I would just throw myself in worship to him. I would, of course, I wouldn't have any doubt, you know. The commentators have a hard time with this. <laughs> most of them want to most of them want to say it's not the disciples that doubt. It's some other people. Because the disciples they wouldn't doubt. Or they're not really doubting. You know, it's like it's when Jesus goes on the road, you know, they're just doubting who he is. I I, I think I'm not uh, as, as great a scholar as any of those people. I just think if we dismantle this so easy, I think we set ourselves up for fail. Because how many times have you worshipped? And the next moment, next moment you doubt it. So you see... As those, as they see the risen Lord, everything is still not changed. Doubt does arise in some of them. So we can argue one way or the other when it was other people, they were just in doubt whether it was Jesus because he had a different body. Or they could doubt even though they knew and saw who Jesus was. What about us? We've read through Matthew together. We've seen how Matthew connects the Old Testament and saying, this is the Messiah. This is the one who was coming. This is the everlasting God, the one who rose from death, the one who defeated death, Satan, sin, and made a way for us to be with God. And he was the only one who could do it. God the Son came to save us. And keep us from all the idols of money, selfishness, power, greed, whatever idols that entitle it. Paul writes about adoption into God's family from being children of wrath to being children of God. When we look at Jesus, is that what creates 
worship in us? Is that what creates joy in us, in you? There's still, still doubt there. Is that for me? Am I, is it really true? And I'm not saying on this large theological um, thing, if you say this is my, this is my systematic theology, uh, let's, let's talk a lot more practical. You're on the way to school, you're in the grocery store, you're about to have a conversation with someone. You feel lonely, you feel abandoned. Are we consumed by who Jesus is or, still, or does doubt still arise in us? The people, they stand with the risen Jesus and some of them still doubt. But why? The good news they believe and we believe are the same. Why is it still hiding until after Pentecost comes around? If they could doubt and they see the risen Jesus, maybe some of us doubt. Now, it's not, I'm not advocating we should doubt. Just meeting us there in the doubt, if there is doubt. Because as believers, we know we want to worship, respond to worship your Jesus and not doubt. But why is it then the doubt does arise sometimes in us? And we know the whole story about Jesus. But right now in the moment, there's some doubt and lack of faith. If you doubt, and when you doubt, why do you doubt? Last night, we woke up at four in the morning because we heard somebody screaming. Get, jump out, uh, slightly disoriented, run out, try to figure out what's going on. We find this lady down the street, she's fine. But she's been weeping and crying and maybe trying to uh, quiet, quiet herself. We find her. She doesn't really want to talk to us or anything. But she said, yeah, like, but I was my, my grandmother died. And then she leaves us. Scrolling through the news site today, something maybe horrible has happened to a young girl in the south somewhere. They don't know. She just disappeared. Spies, wars. Does some of those things cause us to doubt? Now we don't doubt. We don't doubt who God is. 
do that what we can how he can empower us to be who we are set here to be but the great thing the greatest thing and th this is where the encouragement th oh, this is where the encouragement comes because now Jesus is going to again point to himself and say this is who I am this is why you can be encouraged because you might be doubting right now guys some of you are worshiping me and some of you are doubting me but you know why you can be encouraged because Jesus says all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me remember the lie of the Satan in the desert saying I'll give you all these kingdoms well, Jesus got a whole lot more by being faithful. He got all power in heaven and on earth. Now, this is really important for the disciples and for us. When we look at what we live in and can be discouraged, it's not that God is not powerful. No, Jesus said, I have all authority. And we need to know that and the disciples need to know that because or else there's no way we're going to do what the next says. Next thing is. We have to hold on that Jesus rules everything. Every moment of our life, even when we doubt, Jesus rules and has not lost his authority. He meets the worshiper and the doubter and says, no, 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 no. No, he says, yes, 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 yes. I have all authority and on heaven and earth. That's why you can put your hope and faith and trust in me. You're not going to do it. It's going to be my power. And that's a reason to have faith and not doubt. Then Jesus gives them a job. And he says, go. And do what I did. Make disciples of all nations. Jesus can say this to them because he's shown them the last three years how to do that. When we as churches and everybody else is like, oh, we should make disciples. Yes, we'll make a program, then we'll make disciples. I'm not sure that works. Because the pattern we see here is that Jesus spends three years with these people. Maybe that's how we're supposed to make disciples. But they're still going to go to, they're asked to go to all the nations. Like, Jesus, we're 11 people. We could use a little help. Okay, that could help comes later. Jesus asked them, baptize them. You saw me be baptized? Baptize people like that. In whose name? In the name of the Father. Son of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Go make disciples. Baptize them in my name. Well, in the Father, in my name, in the Holy Spirit. I am God. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. I am divine. The churches was true. I am the Son of God. Sometimes we can stop there and just, uh, that's maybe not totally the disciple making. We, we can introduce people to Jesus or give them a Bible and then leave them alone. 
Um, but that's not exactly what Jesus is asking us to do. We ask them to teach them like he has taught them. Teach them like I taught you. To observe all the commandments I've given you. So that's part of being a body as well. And part of about sharing the gospel with people is not just sharing them, leaving them alone. No, no, come into the family. I'll walk with you. You can see how I live my life. And you can see what I look like. And we will teach you all the things Jesus has taught. And then we can still be overwhelmed. <laughs> so Jesus says to them, I'm always going to be with you. Maybe that was some of the doubts that they had. Is he going to die again? Is he going to disappear? And Jesus assures them, I will always be with you. What encouragements. I have all power in heaven and earth. I ask you to do what you see me do. I am divine. I am God. And I promise to always be with you. To the end of the age. The important thing is that when we doubt, or we worship, and when we worship, it's always by the power of God. That's what changes people's hearts. That's also what Matthew Henry said. If, if the hearts are not changed by the Holy Spirit, there will be no change, no matter how much proof there is. So it's God's power. It's Jesus' power. The work of the Holy Spirit in us and of, in other people. Because we can't really do anything apart from God's power. Like my this I the thing I do now and speak, like having like I can motivate you maybe for a couple of days. But if these words are not by the Holy Spirit, like you you're gonna forget in like three days or maybe before we get into dinner. I, and it won't change anything. But if it's just just a little bit just a little bit of the Holy Spirit just ca catches your heart and this and the words come alive, this is gonna change you forever. That's why we can that's why we can be encouraged. That we don't have to doubt that we can have faith that it's in the hands of the Lord. That's why we can even if we, when we doubt if our brother, our sister, or our coworker is gonna become a believer, or that person we don't like, or it's hard to love. Well, it's possible in the Holy Spirit, not by ourselves. Because the big change is we can't do anything by ourselves, but Jesus says that with God, nothing is impossible. Even when I say that sentence, is it, is it, mostly, is it mostly worship created, or am I still like, well, you know, do we believe or does doubt arise in our hearts? That person can never be saved. But Jesus just said, I have all power in heaven and earth. So it's not just possible, it's easy. And we know it because he changed us. By the Holy Spirit, we're proof.
that God's hand is not too short to save. That's why we can have hope. That's why we can be encouraged that God is our strength. No political power. No good standing in the community. All those things because the first believers had none of that. But God's power helped this message spread to the end of the earth. And the nations were taught what Jesus had taught them. Do you think the disciples were motivated when Jesus asked them? Or were they scared? What about us? Are we scared or motivated? Jesus' words are strong. Amazing. But do we but do we trust them? Do we make that in the foundation of what we believe? And do we live out the teaching of Jesus like he did? And share it with others, helping them become believers in Jesus and teach them to all, serve all that Jesus said. Only by living in the good news. The good news about Jesus that it's he's not dead. Instead he has all our power and authority in heaven and on earth. Then we can stand with the Jesus. He's the rock. We can trust in his words and by the Holy Spirit we can live them out. And that last sentence I don't know about you, but for me, so important. I'm with you always to the end. How many times when I doubt do I feel abandoned? That's most of the time. But I don't, I don't know about you. Every time somebody leaves our church, like I'm like, God, like I feel like you're abandoning me. Not you, no, of course not you, but some people are. So I don't know, for me, it's so important. So it's such a, such an important word. And Jesus said, I'm with you. I'm with you. To the end. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, you're an amazing God. Um, thank you, nothing's impossible for you. Thank you for all the people who are changed through the history of the world from children of wrath to your children. Uh, thank you for your power and grace and kindness towards us and, and sending us to your son. And Jesus, thank you so much for for your life, your death, your resurrection. Thank you that you're sitting interceding for us and you are you are anxious to come back to make all things new. And Lord, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that that you're always with us. That you the promise of Jesus is that he has all power and authority in heaven and earth, and he's promised to not leave us nor forsake us, and he will be with us till the end. And uh, we thank you. But 
I'm powerless to do anything, but you can do everything. So I really ask that you will touch our hearts, uh, move in us, uh, that these things are, will be very real every moment of our lives, that we remember, Jesus, what you said. You have all authority in heaven and earth. You send us out in your mission. It's possible because of you having the power. And when we get so overwhelmed, remind us that we are not alone. Remind us that you have the power. That you're with us. Emmanuel. God with us. Help us. Help us be strong and courageous and be salt and light in this world. We glorify and honor you and ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we have a special retreat for you. Uh, afterwards, uh, we have leftovers from yesterday. It's really good food, so uh, you can come and join that. Um, if you want somebody to pray with you, somebody you need to talk to, um, please do that. Uh, again, sermons are always an attempt to look, to get you to see how beautiful Jesus is. Uh, if you heard condemnation or something else, uh, come talk to me or somebody else. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to show you how beautiful and awesome God is. All right, let's, uh, let's stand for the benediction. And the writer of Hebrews, he writes to us, Now by the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, O Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing insight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.